You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. The emphasis here is not on finding out what your gift is. The emphasis is on finding a place to serve. And I don't think you'll really find out what your gift is. It's my personal conviction. And I got scripture that will back it up. The book of Acts. I believe the greatest way to find the gift or gifts that God's given you as a Christian is to find a place to serve and be faithful in it. Acts chapter 6, the widows uh, were being neglected. They need some people to wait on tables. They chose seven men. And those seven men served. Have you been reluctant to serve in the church because you don't know your spiritual gifts? Have you avoided helping others because you don't know what your strengths are? Today, Pastor Danny shares the fastest way to finding your gifting is to start serving. In fact, Scripture shares a story of seven men who began to help by waiting on tables. They went on to become great evangelists. If you're like most Christians who just attend church and then leave, take a step of obedience and start serving wherever the need presents itself. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 with today's edition of The Living Word. Please, in the last few minutes, hear this. I had a dream for Calvary Chapel St. Petersburg early on in my ministry here. And it's still a dream of mine. I just don't know if it'll ever be realized. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm not preaching it. I'm speaking to myself too. And the dream is that we'd actually experience what they experienced in the book of Acts. I wanted to experience the miracles as well, Acts chapter 2. But Acts chapter 2 also says, They met daily in the temple courts, and the people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayer. And I have a dream, I still have a dream, that everybody, everybody that calls Calvary Chapel St. Pete, their home church would experience what they experienced. Now listen to me for a minute. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles, the church met daily in the temple courts. That was the large gathering. And the primary thing that happened, the primary thing, they probably had some worship too, but the primary thing that happened in that large gathering was the teaching of the Word of God. That's clear. But the fellowship, here's what it says. They broke bread in their homes. That's where relationships developed and deepened. Because in a large gathering, oh, you can say hi and you learn one another's names and you get to know each other a little bit here, you know, and hey, did you did the Rays win last night and that kind of stuff or whatever. But this is listen, we can't love one another deeply here. It can't happen. It's not possible. Has to be. Has to be in a more intimate setting. And it has to happen over time. I've been challenged with this. Our elders have been challenged with this. Some of the elders have suggested how the elders themselves can become more relational with one another. And there have been some suggestions. Uh, I tried to get on it. My, my wife and I last year, once a month, we would have two or three elders and their families over at our house for a meal. And that was good. But here's what I've realized. Please listen. Don't listen to this. In a church this large and with 50 or so elders, there's no way all of our 50 elders can be real deeply personal with one another. It's impossible. I can only be personal. I can only be personal with a handful of people, really deeply personal, and really with only one or two deeply personal. I've realized that one of our pastors, and he and I, have become really close friends, and it just happened. 
Now, we do have some of the common interests. We spearfish together. But I've realized he is a real friend. I'm talking a real friend. I can share the most intimate things about my life with him, and he can with me. Listen to this. The Son of God, God the Son, when he came as a man, he chose from his disciples 12. And here's what it says, that they might be with him, and then he might send them out. And those 12 hung out together. But among those 12, listen carefully, three of those 12 had a more intimate relationship and close relationship with Jesus Christ than the other nine. Peter, James, and John. Of those three, one became known as the apostle who Jesus loved. Not that he didn't love all of them. Obviously he did. But some kind of special relationship between Jesus and John. If everybody here would hear what God's saying through these few short verses, it revolutionized this church. And I'm so happy about what God's doing through this local fellowship. I, I'm, I'm excited. But, but understand this. There's no way. There's no way. 40 life groups? 200 life groups aren't enough. If you had 200 life groups and an average of 10 to 12 people in each group, that's still, you're leaving out 1,000 plus people of people that call Calvary Chapel their home church. We ought to have 300 life groups. Now, I understand what I'm talking about. You're going to have to, we're going to have to intentionally and be committed at taking steps and getting involved in groups where relationships can be built. Some of us today, God's going to call you to open up your home. Look at the nice home some of you have been given. And you, you've just been enjoying that, just you and your family? Maybe God gave you that nice home just beyond for you and your family, maybe for the cause of Christ. Maybe to open up your home, offer hospitality to one another. It's a relational thing, a relational thing. I gotta, but there's one more thing we're told, and that is each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, it's interesting here, the gifts are just mentioned in two broad categories, speaking gifts and serving gifts. Let me say very quickly, my greatest service to this body as a whole is my big mouth. My greatest service to this body as a whole is not for us all to go fishing together. By the way, if we all went fishing together, we ought to buy a big fishing boat. That'd be fine with me. But let's say a hundred of us go on the Calvary Chapel fishing boat. And how many of those hundred are going to come back and say, boy, I really got close to the pastor today. It's impossible. It's not possible. You and I can only be really personal with a few people. Sometimes, listen, just serving. See how the progression happens here, the loving one another deeply, the relational aspect, and then serving. And here, you could go to scriptures that itemizes and gives a specific listing of all the various gifts throughout the body of Christ. But he doesn't do that here. He just lumps them into two broad categories, those who speak and those who serve. And both are serving gifts. Why does he not itemize it here? I'll tell you what I think. Because the emphasis here is not on finding out what your gift is. The emphasis is on finding a place to serve. And I don't think you'll really find out what your gift is. It's my personal conviction. And I got scripture that will back it up. The book of Acts. I believe the greatest way to find the gift or gifts that God's given you as a Christian is to find a place to serve and be faithful in it. 
Acts chapter 6, the widows uh, were being neglected. They need some people to wait on tables. They chose seven men. And those seven men served. And they began to find out the calling beyond waiting on tables. One, Stephen became a great preacher. He only gave one sermon, but it was a blistering one. And then Philip. What happened to Philip? Philip became known as Philip the Evangelist. But it started waiting on tables. My ministry started as a janitor at Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. That's where my ministry started. And I would not be here in this pulpit today if I had not been faithful there. I know that. And I'm not going to tell you the details of that. Don't have time. Find a place to serve. Where are you serving? You see, listen. Most American Christians will never experience what's being talked about here. Most American Christians. Most American Christians attend a church and then go about their lives. And then come back and attend another service and then go about their lives. And even some that may go to a smaller group Bible study never get intimate and relational enough that we can love one another deeply. And if all of us would be willing, be willing to take those steps to become relational. And there's all kind of ways you can do it, not just life groups, four or less group. You guys, get, a, get in a four or less group. Start a four or less group. It's just simply meeting on some kind of regular basis with three other guys. You don't have to memorize Scripture. You don't have to do a Bible study. You just got to get together and get to know each other. Salt and light groups, redemption study, all kind of groups. Finding a place to serve also help that relational aspect in the church. You know the story of the prodigal, the prodigal son who asked for the early inheritance, and he goes off and he squanders inheritance in wild living. Ultimately, he ended up with the pigs. And he longed to eat what the pigs were eating, but nobody would give him even that. And here's what it says. There with the pigs, he came to his senses. I'd call that getting in his right mind. I'd call that getting finally a clear conscience, starting to think right. And here's what he said when he came to his senses. He thought about his father, and he said, My father's hired servants are better off than me. I'll go back to my father, and I'll say, Father, I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Here's the point. Once he came to his senses and got in his right mind, he had the heart of a servant. He had the heart of a servant. He's just looking to serve. And that's where all of us will be if we really get right. Clear conscience, self-control prayer, love one another deeply, offer hospitality to one another. That's relational. That is relational. And then find a place to serve. He's talking about serving the church in the church. The Apostle Peter's first letter encouraged the lives of believers spread far and wide, forced from their home due to their devotion to Jesus. Today, though you may not be facing the same kind of persecution, there will be people that oppose your message of hope. The enemy wants you to be silent, but your story and the grace of Jesus just can't be kept silent. Don't hide Jesus from people. Live Him out in your daily life and proclaim His praises wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Danny's teaching on the Living Word. If you'd like to hear more of his messages from this series on the book of 1 Peter, visit ccfstpete.church. Feel free to download or share the teachings you find from the Living Word, or visit our YouTube channel. 
There you can immerse yourself in our weekly services. We'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel too. That way you'll be notified as soon as we post anything new. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit the website and click the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.